are recording. We are live. <laughs> it always ends up being the first thing we say. Today we're with Holger Schwarz from Vinicultur in Berlin. Hi Holger, how are you? Hi, hi. I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for coming to, to my little wine shop. It's not that little. No, but it's. Uh, so I think once it started as a little wine shop in '84, uh, actually. So uh, this is uh, one of the oldest wine shops in Berlin, I think. And uh, we started with uh, some prosciutto, some cheese, olive oil from the tank, wines from the small tank. So it was a very cozy, Frenchy place. And uh, as I said, opened '84 with a French guy. And uh, a German guy, and uh, yeah, I overtook the company uh, 2006. So okay. uh, this is the birth of the natural wine part at Viniculture. Okay. So when I overtook 2006, I tried to uh, to really follow my heart and my soul and what what it what I wanted it to to, to sell and to drink. So. Um, this was the birth of the natural wine for what, viniculture. So what made you gravitate towards that particular style or these particular producers that you work with? Mm. So I'm actually a wine guy. I'm coming from a wine-growing region. Then I started to make all this apprenticeship. I worked at, the, at wineries and my uncle actually was a quite famous uh, winemaker. Uh, in mm-hmm. the files, working for Müller Katwa oh, for long. So strange because I yeah, Schwarz is yeah. a name uh, for for very clear, very fruity, uh, very very nice and very lovely white wine uh, in Germany until yeah. at Weingut Müller Katwa until two thousand and one he worked there. Yeah. So it's a part of my family, and I'm coming okay. from a wine grown region, the files, uh, and uh, so I was grown up with wine. And um, that's why I think I was at this point, uh, when I overtook the company, I always was at a point when I saw, okay, you know a lot of wines and you know how it tastes. tastes. And the German uh, wine was very popular at this time, 2006. But as well, it was at a very high level. But all a lot of wines tasted in a way the same. So I understood I couldn't go on like this. You know, uh, buying at this time German wines mm. because you have good quality, you have everything was already there, good prices, so there was not enough to explore at this point. Mm-hmm. And when I first tasted a natural wine, it was Elz Bassot, Chenet Blanc, from Escoda Zanahusha, then I realized this is really, really strange, but it, uh, I felt love and I felt uh, um, desire to know more about that. But I couldn't say I, I liked it first way. You were just it curious. wasn't. It wasn't uh, love at first sight. Okay. <laughs> but I understood that it's something energetic and something I really wanted to explore more and more. And that's how it started. And at this time, not a lot of people, or nearly nobody in Berlin, uh, was selling natural wines. So I thought, okay, let's try. Let's give was, it a try. And this was still two thousand six. That was two thousand six. Yeah. So I, I, I changed the shop design, I made it a little bit more clear, like I liked it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, from this point, of course, I didn't change all the sortiments from one day to the other. But step by step, I tried to, 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 to put my heart into this uh, wine shop or in the products we are selling. And who do you think is your sort of, who is your customer? 
here? Um, is there a particular middle ground of client here? At the beginning, uh, of course, I had to deal with the customers I uh, I had for my <laughs> former patron. Yeah. And um, we had a lot of problems. We can say every second battle, like sure. Elspeth went back. People mm -hmm. didn't understand, they didn't like, they said it's uh, gone, this wine, yeah. it's over, it's oxidized, whatever. But um, so it took it took long years. So until, lots of educating. Yeah, lots of educating. Uh, but uh, in the background, uh, I, I had the feeling that it might work. It came as well from outside Germany, that few tourists from Scandinavia, for example, where this natural wine scene was further at well, this time. I think time. it's interesting for them because they have no wine growing regions of their own. They do tend to be more curious yes. about, yeah. I think when you're from a place with wine growing regions, yes. you tend to gravitate to what And you especially know. Germany, yeah. because uh, as I said, the uh, German wines were very popular and very famous at this point, mm. but the quality of German wine is only possible with quite lots of sulfur. Because uh -huh. of the sugar content, still a lot of German wines are on the sweeter side. We so, were just talking yeah, about this. Yeah, so this is the typical, uh, the typical German wine needs quite high amounts of sulfur to preserve the fruit, the sweetness, the grape variety you want as a German wine lover, you want to taste the grape variety. And uh, so it, these are the primary aromas and they are just possible to be kept by a certain amount of sulfur. So this was, uh, that's why it's, it was very hard to put unsulfured wine, mm -hmm. especially in Germany. That was in 06. I mean, it's changed a bit in Germany since, hasn't it? You're working with producers like Walsenhaus, for example, yes. where they're using lower levels of sulfur, yes. the wines are unfined and unfiltered. So I yeah. think there's definitely been a shift mm -hmm. since then. But when did you start importing wine? Because you're not like some other wine shops in Berlin where they're just selling wine from mm -hmm. distributors, you're also yes. importing and distributing. Yes. Did you do that from the beginning? Or? Yes, this shop already had uh, direct imports. Yep. Uh, so, so they were already buying before? Yes, okay. yes. Okay. Uh, so we never bought from wholesale. So we we always bought directly from the wineries. But the difference now is that we are doing sometimes concept for wines together with the winemakers, with the wineries. Like we will do for Lina from this year, yeah. 2018, where we'll have a, you know, Musket Love was quite successfully last year. There will be a red uh, Pinot Noir and there will be a, a Riesling, which is uh, fermented on the skins, things like that. This, so this is going in, into this direction to do the wines together with the winemakers. Collaborating on specific yes. cuvées just, yes, just for viniculture and we will do the distribution in Berlin and in Germany for these wines. But this is future. Your first question was what changed? A lot of things changed. And the customers. So now natural wine is popping, you know. Sure. It's, it's like trendy. Yeah, it's yeah. trendy like having tattoos or doing... Yeah, <laughs> yes, totally, yes, yeah. of course. And you realize as well in your profession as a totally, tattooist yeah. that... Uh, and we, of course, we need these, these people. We need every people which are consuming natural wines. I mean, I, I think that's what's interesting now is this yeah. sort of the link between natural wine and, say, the punk rock movement or it has this sort of rock and roll edge about it, which I think makes it very appealing to younger yeah. people because they... They see something cool and different. Yes. Other than the generation before them, it becomes yeah, yeah. Uh, appealing. Enough. And of course, they want to do things different than their parents. Totally. 
you know, so they can't go on mm. uh, drinking FX Pichler Smaragd and uh, Große Gewächstrocken. It's so, not necessarily a bad thing to carry on drinking, though. Yeah. <laughs> nice wine. But I know what you mean with what you said before, and I don't know if this, well, or maybe I've interpreted it a certain way, but when you just said, like, we need these people, I think you were, con- you were really referring to, like, the consumers that are coming to buy these wines. And I think this is quite an interesting point that I've been discussing a lot lately with different sommeliers, importers or whatever. It's like natural wine or let's say sustainably farmed wine production. It has become very trendy, you know, and we often forget like this is a trend at the moment. And I think all of us hope that it will stick because we forget that all those people working that way, they do this because this is their life. Mm. And that's the thing that's like... It's a trend, but I hope it continues so those people continue to be supported, if that makes sense. Uh, yes, yes, yes and no. So I think as well, uh, we are now at one point that natural wine is already uh, comes to the, uh, on the middle road. You know, I always was, was traveling on, the, on side roads. And now I realize there's, there are big roads coming and there are a lot of cars coming from, from every side at the wine dealer so i really have to i don't have to focus new but i i i need sometimes to refresh and as well i i will have to think about my portfolio as a small mm-hmm. small uh, specialist Not that we are established that. but yeah. uh, nothing uh, we have to be aware that nothing you know um, everything's changed yeah, I think and it- and uh, you know we we won't drink uh, nature wine all the years in 10 years we will talk about different things Maybe about sparkling rhubarb wine, maybe about Brotrunk, or whatever, whatever's coming. So I try to uh, to be open for everything. And I'm coming, I don't say uh, wine is just good when it's not sulfured. No, yeah, yeah. this is, I like the taste. I'm, I'm coming from a sommelier side, actually. Yeah. And uh, I like the taste of these wines, but it does not mean that I do not like the other wines. Sure. So I'm not a, you know, one zero type of guy no I I just you know the most interesting thing is when you go to the wineries and you you learn people I think that's I'm I'm more like the people uh, and to understand the people and then I can understand the wine Mm. you know this is this direction so on a normal wine tasting sometimes it's hard because you you don't understand enough and actually I'm interested in people more than in wine <laughs> at the end because wine you know after a while you taste a lot of things but i want to i'm curious about the stories of of their lifetime and what 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 they do before and things like that that's yeah, more interesting we can both relate to that yeah, can't totally. we? you yeah. often like love to exchange stories of different people you get to tattoo and meet and yeah totally and, and also i think just the nature of wine being like a photograph of a moment in time yeah. It says a lot also about the person that made it, not only about where it's made and the weather and whatnot. I think also the person mm. is super important. Maybe it would be business-wise clever for me uh, to say just natural wine, just day meter, but it's, uh, I think after a while it doesn't... No. For me, it doesn't work anymore. It has, it, it has to go together, you know. Well, that's what I think the next thing is, is that right now maybe natural wine is very trendy, but at some point... You know, things will drop off at the side, and it'll be that natural wine teaches conventional wine some things, and vice versa. Natural it's wine. already like this, and yeah. I'm sure a lot of the younger generations in the VDP wine Güter, they have our wines in the cellar. Yeah. 
you know, natural stuff. And I realized because I'm sending in yeah, to them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's uh, people are open and interested. And they say, okay, we have to, uh, sometimes it's as well just business driven, you know, we have totally. to adapt because we can't ignore it anymore. Which is frustrating sometimes. I mean, you see this particularly like in Australia and some of the regions. There are There's a huge like, natural wine or, let's say, sustainable farming, minimal intervention approach to winemaking mm -hmm. that's really kicked off in Australia the last few years. But you have also seen people who have made very conventional wine for years and years and years that now just do an orange wine, so they do an orange wine. <laughs> and there is something about the feeling behind that wine when you taste it. It doesn't feel sincere. It doesn't feel genuine because it's kind of been forced to be this thing that it shouldn't be. It's for the sake of being orange yeah, rather than... I think hardest is for these community, the inner circle of really orange wine or natural wine lovers because mm -hmm. they want to, you know, to keep it. It's a secret uh, to understand. <laughs> but I think that's the interesting thing. It's just not enough not to put sulfur. Yeah. Or to, uh, it's not enough. You have to have a, a, a bigger, more detailed idea about mm -hmm. the wine. Mm -hmm. And it can work without or with sulfur. It can work conventional or it can work uh, natural or bio or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just uh, I want to find the purest, mm -hmm. uh, purest link between the wine grower and the wine, right. you know, and then and how yeah, how he yeah. does it, you know, it's I'm not dog, dogmatic at all. No. I do always question a little bit though sometimes when you see like a winery that produces like their bio wines, like their organic wines, and then their conventional wines. Like I don't understand yeah. the ethos and the thinking behind that because you'd think that if you believed in one, you would commit to one. Like I think an under self is one thing, but farming. Here are organic wines. Here are non-organic wines. Why? Mm -hmm. But I think that's the same as he's yeah. saying, like business-wise. Some people are just like, okay, well, we know bio wine sells, so we're going to do a little bit of that, so we get some of that revenue. Yeah. But we don't want to scare off our conventional yeah. wine people because if they think we're doing everything bio, they're not going to want our stuff because they have in their heads that bio equals bad. So it's like they're just trying to. Play of course, the winemakers want to be friendly to all their consumers. It's all there. Um, and that's why, what, what, what do you think, why is orange wine, the term orange wine, so successful? What do you think? Because it's different, I think, than the rosé, white, red, sparkling. It's other, exotic, interesting. So the term orange wine, you, you, can, you can find quite often, more and more often in German wineries. I think it's easy for the consumer because you had white, pink, red, and mm -hmm. now you have orange. So, you know, it's just uh, the fourth wine color, which is bullshit. <laughs> it's like finding way. another planet. Uh, yeah, but it's very easy to understand, you know, for, you know. Where is that 10th planet? <laughs> it's gone. It was there and it's now gone. I think it's very, very easy, you know, to say, okay, it's just another color. And actually, I think it's successful because people, it's uh, the same as with the first Barrique wines end of the 80s. You know, in Germany, you have the first wines which were called Barrique. Oh, <laughs> for, yeah, yeah, genau. And for German wines, it was really, you know, normally we didn't use uh, new fresh barriques and wood and things like that. And uh, now it's, it, I see it a little bit the same. Now the term is not Barrique, it's orange. And you can produce orange wine. You don't even have to do a bio certification. You just do the fermentation on the skins yeah. and you put a little bit of air on it and whatever. So it's very easy as an add me on product. 
you know. It's just Ooh. you can make your more normal range, you can yeah, make your resting hard trocken. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just quite easy to make it. And it's quite easy for the consumer to understand. A clearly defined category, number one. And two, I actually think when people finally push to have it, you know, everybody loves to explore something and be like, oh, I've tried tried my first Greek <laughs> wine. Oh my God, what, yeah. you know, whatever. It's the same like, <laughs> oh, I tried an orange one. My cousin, we'd, I think we might have mentioned her on our previous podcast, don't quote me, but like she's a beauty therapist and I gave her some orange wine. We were out and she went, oh, what's this? It's an orange wine? And she's not into wine at all. I mean, she drinks horrendous stuff. Horrendous? <laughs> what does it mean? Or whatever from Canada. What's it? What does it mean horrendous? That Canadian wine that you used to... The Jackson oh, Trees. Oh, God, the, the... Yeah. It's not Canadian. American, it's US. So it's large-scale wine, but yeah? Yeah, she's drinking... Yeah, she's drinking Blossom Hill. She's drinking Jacobs Creek. You know, I cringe. I don't even look in the fridge anymore when I go to her house. But she's really into orange wine. Every time I come to see her, she's like... Can you bring me a different bottle of orange wine? One of her favourites is Lava More Albio from Alfredo yes. Maestro, which yeah. isn't scary or full yeah. orange. But my sister had the same thing when she came to visit me here in Berlin from London. was like, oh, we were reading on the plane about this natural wine thing. Like, what's this orange wine? I know. Can we go somewhere and try some? I've never had yeah. it. People get excited because like the they speak easy of the drinks. Well, yeah, exactly. yeah, it's easy to understand. You know, you don't have to, you think, okay, it's just another, so first of all, it's another color. So it's easy to point. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is orange wine. So, and then the taste, yeah, there are some tannins. Okay. But you don't really have to know a lot of things about it. And I think for people who are so intimidated about wine, they're like, wow, I'm really trendy. I'm, I like, I'm part of, I'm in the know. And yeah. I think that's also what makes it exciting and why it pushes people to try it. I think this is the term orange wine is driven from the producer side, which, uh, you know, they, they have to sell and they have to think, okay, how can we do it? And you can't, you know, just produce a natural wine from day one to day two. It's not possible. But with the orange wine, it's just a, you know, new part of your sortiment and it's quite easy to, uh, to produce and easy to understand. And that's why I think orange wine in Germany, for example, for example, is very, very common, the term. Yeah. Oh, very easy. And how do you feel now, since 2006 to today, how are you feeling about, you talked a bit about roads, cars, things coming along. Yeah. But like the average person that walks into your shop, they already know more than they did before. You feel like much easier more? today. So people really, uh, they are much open, uh, opener for, for new tastes or different tastes. They didn't, uh, they accept uh, some of these, uh, how do you say, mistakes or some of these odd aromas sometimes natural wine can have. They're quite open. It's much easier today. Sometimes even they want it uh, really, really dirty. You yeah. know? <laughs> so some of that, that's what I... Yeah. I know some of those. Yeah. Like, yeah. I definitely know some of those. They want it the yeah. weirder, the, yes. the funkier, the... Okay, yeah. but I, you know, I don't have to to put all this on the list. But um, yeah, that sometimes it's going to to these extremes as well, you know, yeah. just to to be I think, different. I think there are extremists in every. Yeah, but after all, it's much. Genre. I must say, it's much easier today. And what I realize as well that we have quite a lot of tourists coming from other countries. They are targeting to our shop, and I'm very happy and very proud, and that they are coming to us. They trust us and they try new wines and they are ready to spend a little bit more money. That's good. I need these people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like it. And uh, what do you think is going to be next? Hmm. Good question. Do you have any predictions? I mean, you uh, said rhubarb wine, but... Uh, yes, it, I think that's not... Uh, <laughs> so what stays is a trend of regional 
stuff. You know, we can see every better restaurant has uh, own farming and all mm -hmm. this, uh, all this work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what I will see is that we have more products from Brandenburg and from this area coming, and there will be grapes. There will be more and more grapes within the next years because with a summer like this, you know, we already have the harvest finished in our small wine. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So okay, it's next to the wall, so it's very warm. But uh, yes, we will have more wine growing in Brandenburg and Berlin, maybe in Mecklenburg-Vorpommern. And uh, as well, we have uh, as well uh, uh, evaluation. Uh, we have better cidre, poiré stuff. Yeah, yeah. that will come. Yeah. That's, That's I think. Yeah, I think this uh, this will come, and I'm very interested in that. Yeah, me too. I like drinking that stuff. Yeah, so this one, I think this is uh, the next thing which uh, which comes. But I, of course, I'm not sure. But I could imagine we will have a very good cider and very good fruit wines within the next decade. And there are even people coming from Berlin-Brandenburg going to Geisenheim and are learning production of fine fruit wines. And, you know, that's, that's a, I think, a good idea. And it will go, in, it could go in this direction. It always needs people to, to do that, but um, I think they will do in a few years. Excellent. I think we should open some wine. Yes, I think so too. <laughs> it's time. Your okay. boss, get yes. in there. <laughs> it's always funny when you are opening a bottle with a wax seal. Someone's watching, they're like, oh, but there's wax. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's going to be okay. So we are tasting now two wines from our portfolio. The first one is Moss from uh, the Loire Valley, Anjou Blanc, and it's a uh, Chenin Blanc. And, uh, this one, I think it's low sulfur, and Moss family is doing wine since, uh, natural wine since quite a long time. And they used to, uh, to run a bistro in France, oh, but yeah. then they decided to, to move on the producer side. And once you're there, they're cooking still very well. Very, nice. Very, yeah, very good food. <laughs> Okay, so 2000, 2015 Anjou Blanc from Agnes and René Moss. Mm -hmm. Their son was working in a, a natural wine bar, actually, in, in London called Terroirs for a while. Yeah. And everybody called him Mini Moss. Mini Moss. Mini Moss, yeah. yeah. He's really he's quite tall. Though. Yeah, quite, yeah. The two, I think, Silvestre and I don't know. I think oh, that was who yeah. maybe was. Brown hair. Yeah. Look, there's someone, there's someone that's handsome, yeah, because my neighbor... They are both handsome. My neighbor yeah. was looking at... She was going through, I don't know, something, a photo that I'd liked, and she was like, mm. oh, I don't know what photo that was, but someone looked really handsome. We found the picture. Both, both actually. And it was one of the most people, but what was really funny is the other person in the picture is the guy, Lars Ulrich from Metallica. And I was like, I love that you didn't notice the rock star in the picture. You're like, who's that cute yeah. winemaker? <laughs> Do you know him? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and uh, the one, I think Sylvester, he's doing some very nice photographs. You can see it on oh, Facebook. Really? Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Have to check it out. So, yeah. And they're doing Ooh. the wines now as well. And they are sometimes come, coming to Berlin as well. When I taste this wine, it reminds me of... The first time that I tried it, which was in 2011, August 2011, so seven years ago, I tasted this at Chateaubriand at the restaurant. And that's when Chateaubriand was in its peak point, where they were like mm. ninth best restaurant in the world in the San Pellegrino Top 100. I went into this restaurant and it's like a full natural wine list. D12 Purple Pills is playing outside the kitchen. The chefs are turning the lights on and off the whole way through service. You're just thinking <laughs> someone's going to lose a finger. Oh, God. And everybody seems like they're drunk in there. And it was one of the wines that was served there. And I always have a very fond memory of this particular wine. Yeah. It's delicious. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it. What does it taste like? What do you think? For me, it's got a little bit of that apple cider kind of thing going on. I get like baked apple. apple. Yeah, I think, baked apple. I think yeah. yeah, that's the uh, another th interesting thing that we have to learn the vocabulary of wines with the natural wines new. Right. Because um, it's very, we are used to, you know, to filter out the fruits, sure. you know, raspberry, peach, uh, whatever. And now we are, con there's a confrontation with aromas and with nuances which, which we can't really, you know, put on the list. Right. We can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think that's uh, what makes this thing interesting as well to, to find a new way. The vocabulary. Yeah, I think you have to, yeah. Otherwise, you know, everything is uh, uh, tasting like cider. Yeah, totally. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. it's definitely apple. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is. Yeah, you're right. There is apple. Yeah, there is apple. And uh, but what's for sure as well that these wines are more on the palate than on the nose. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah so it's always that's what I think uh, what I like as well. So they're you know they're coming later. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's big. It fills your yeah. mouth up. It's yeah. But I find this wine, even though you say like with these particular wines, we need different vocabulary, I still find this like, mm. representative of where it's coming from. Because when I think about Loire Valley and I think about the Chenin appellation, so let's just say like Vouvray, Savignier and Anjou, I always think of Anjou being a bit broader, more textured, this bruised apple thing, this like nuttiness in the background. Um, that the palette I always think of as being more opulent, maybe like Savignier, a lot more like linear, a little bit more precise. Um, but given this blind, I don't think you would say, whoa, what the hell is this? Like <laughs> if you're used to drinking Chenin Blanc, yeah. I think yeah. it leads me to where it comes from, in I my think, mind, in my experience. I think, yeah, I think it's a good uh, way to, to start uh, with nature wine, with a wine like this. This is on the frontier between normal right. uh, wine and nature wine, you know. So it's not too dirty, not too cloudy, not too funky. Yeah, it's clean. I think it's a, it's clean, a clean wine. Yeah. There's nice fruit there. It's quite fruity, actually, in style. The texture's nice. Like, I find that Chenin Blanc is a great wine for a lot of people. At the Mickelberger, we do a, a South African Chenin. And it's almost the favourite amongst the staff and the guests that. because you've got this texture... This fruit, but this sort of savory, like this, I've got this like chamomile quincy like back note that gives it a savoriness, that slight nuttiness. It's not oaky, but it's also not too light and fresh that it kind of actually ticks a lot of boxes for a lot of people. Yeah, I think, yeah, My you're acidity, right. Yeah. It makes you, you still want to eat with it. Yeah. Yeah, but in the same way, it's soft, it's round. Yeah. Uh, mellow. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. How long have you been working with the Moss wines for? Since several years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure, but since quite a few years, yeah. We are we are quite happy with it. And I think it's a good good point to start. Their magic you know. of Jujuan we bring to a lot of places for dinner yes. for people that don't drink natural wine and they go crazy for it. Yeah, they they're not producing it every year. Yeah, this is a very good entry. Those magnums yeah. they go like water. Yeah. You bring those to a party and it's gone in like yeah, everybody minutes. likes Everyone it. Everyone yeah. loves it. Mm. Yeah. And people are surprised because it doesn't look like something that they'd like. Mm. And then they're like, oh, actually, I'll have another glass. Yeah. Mm. I think it's nice. And uh, they do a very good sparkling wine. Maybe we taste in another episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah they're, they're doing well. Also, I think pretty good value for money. Yeah. So this How one, I think uh, the, the uh, magic of Jojo would be around 14, 15. This one is around 17, something like this, 17, 18. Yeah, I think that's pretty good value yeah. for yes. 20 pounds. Yeah. 
And the magnum is the magnum of the magic of juju is what, like thirty-five or something? Could be. I yeah. think it was something mm-hmm. around that. That's yeah. a great value. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the red wine as well is. Um, they do a cabernet cabernet fond this year, okay. pure cabernet fond, and sometimes. Oh, I've not tasted that. No, maybe we tasted. Really we well made. I can't stop thinking every time now someone says cabernet franc at the top. There was one day I was like cabernet franc, and I was like, "You even speak French? What are you doing?" <laughs> She's got the most amazing. I mean, she's fluent in French, and she sounds when she speaks French. I think I'm listening to a French person. It was just this one time she said Cabernet Franc. I was like, hang on a second. It just got lazy. Sometimes you just says no to that information, Gwen. I think sometimes it's that like language switch that's like sometimes it's just easier to say it with an English accent if I'm speaking English. Yeah, it's the same as if I come across an English word in French. Sometimes I say it with a French accent. It's too lazy to switch. <laughs> but now I can't hear it without. They're going to Frank, my friend Frank Cabernet. No, I'm not always picking on her. (laughs) (laughs) So, we taste the next wine. Yes. Not too far from Barcelona at Clos Lentiscos. They do a very good sparkling wine, very good sparkling wine, which are long maturation on the yeast. And they do as well the wines in Amphora, uh, the Peril Blanc, Peril Noir, and Peril Blanc is Charello. Okay. And uh, it's actually a nature reserve. And they do honey there. And it's really, oh, really, really, really nice. Don't they, with one of their sparkling wines, add honey as the dosage? Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. lovely. Yeah. I think with the reserve uh, Blonde Noir, they add honey instead of wow. sugar. sugar. Yeah. Mm. Anyone Quite else good. doing that? Maybe. Hmm? We'll have to Google is that Is anybody later. else doing that? Anyone else world? doing that? Honey is the dosage. Uh, I, I think so, but I don't know. I'm not... I, know. Think, I feel yeah. like that would be like an old thing. I think it's a good idea. You can... Yeah. Once you're producing it, yeah. So, Chloe Lentiscus yeah. is in Peñedes, right? That yes. would be the D.O. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it just so takes half an hour from yeah. uh, from the airport, so if you want to visit, it's really... Easy. Really good, Next a good time. idea. It's a very Thank nice you. thinker. You are overlooking until the sea. Everyone loves the sea. So and this particular wine is. It, this is made in Amphora, and uh, the grape variety is Charello. Okay. And uh, Peril 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 Noir uh, Peril Blanc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 2016. That's another buzzword right now, though. The Amphora. But yeah. Like 2016. No, I'm for it. <laughs> that's the other, really, because yeah, yeah. that's something I hear from yeah. even clients of mine that are not necessarily super into wine, but they're like, oh, have you heard of this thing? Yeah. It's like another one of those yeah, you're right. terms that buzzword. people are buzzword because, of course, people are going yeah. crazy for wines from certain regions that are. It's true. And I think also that's because a lot of these natural wine fairs, you see more and more wines being made in Amphora, like more Georgian wines being distributed, and obviously they're in Quevery. A lot of producers buying Quevery from Georgia. Right. I think it just like like anything, like people get right. curious and there's more people experimenting, isn't there? I yeah. think it's because of that Georgian yeah. thing. But Spain Spain has a long history as well also. of using Amphora. They're called Tenajas in Spain. Yeah. Okay. And that's that's never sort of gone away. There are some regions that have been doing that for thousands of years too. I, mean, I feel like so much of this stuff has been done for thousands of years. It's just like people finally are like, Oh, what's that? Yeah. They're just finally starting to ask questions maybe a little bit. It's like the Anyhow. coal eyeliner. Yeah. <laughs> so more and more producers uh, are, uh, are using amphoras, that's, that's right, yeah. as well to preserve the freshness of food. And, uh, Not some, some, yeah, some, uh, sometimes they don't even like the wood which they use for decades. Okay. You know, they don't, don't have a connection to it. Right, so they'd rather not have yeah, the... Yeah, so they are 
Yeah, starting with natural wine just means as well to starting again to ask questions beyond the normal winemaking. I think that's a point. Yeah, sort of, why do we do this this yes, way? What about if yeah, we try yeah. it this way? What is this going to do? It's like yes, most winemakers are creative people, aren't they? So they want totally. to explore and discover and learn. And once you change, you start changing everything. Then you you know you can change as well things you didn't even thought about. Right. So, so things start a, becoming more yes, obvious. Yes. It's a pound. Is there a bit of skin contact on this wine as I well? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it tastes like because there's yeah, a little bit of grip. A yeah, bit of there's a little bit, yeah, of bitterness. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, this is more, you have more tannins than in the moss. I like it. Um, yeah, and this one can, I, I think I would use now a carof before mm-hmm. I would put it yeah, in a carof. Yeah. Uh, but still, it's. I think it's very nice, and it's quite different from year to year. Yeah. But the sixteen, I like very much. But this maybe is also my little because I'm in my little bubble because I work with Spanish restaurants. But I think Chirello is going to be the next. More and more people. There's been a little bit more and more hype about it over the last few years, mainly because of wine in Catalonia has taken off so much. Mm. But I think Chirello is going to be the next trendy grape mm. variety. I think Spain. I agree with you. Even when we yeah. were there in Barcelona a couple of weeks ago, it was really Chirello, Chirello, yeah, Chirello. Because, yeah, yeah. Also, when we were at Bar Brutal, I really wanted to have Spanish stuff, and they were really pushing lots of really nice natural Chirello too. And I think because you know, like Godeo became massive in Spain. And it was almost like it ticks almost that Pinot Grigio box. And I think Chirello does because it's so lean. It's not fruity. Yeah. It's like, I always think of Chirello like a razor blade. Yeah. There's no, it's like an anorexic woman. <laughs> There's no meat on those bones. There's nothing there. Just this like pepperiness at the end, this mineral, you know, summertime, refreshing pub. Even in a pub, people are going to stop drinking Pitbull and they're going to start drinking Chirello. It's just a matter So of I think there was always Chirello, but it wasn't, it didn't appear on the label. Yeah. The point is that now, you know, you, you can put it on the label. And also like the movement with Carver has also changed because of Carver from Penedes has gone up in quality ridiculously, you know, and there's all these different people and they're all promoting Chirello as the quality grape yeah. variety for Carver as well. Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, it will, uh, the natural wine will, will go on a good way. Sure, I think it has to intermingle at some point. And yeah, but as a small, uh, as a smaller wine seller, you have to see what what makes your wine still different. It's not enough just to to say, okay, we are we do orange wine. So you have to have an, um, a different uh, personal idea behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise um, people don't trust you. Yeah, or they don't care, they re- yeah. and they realize very quickly yeah. Yeah. if you're just you know doing because everybody is asking for it, or if you really have an own idea of what what you want to do. I mean, I think that's true for every business. Mm. People can tell inauthenticity mm. yeah. in people quickly. We're animals. We're trained to suss yeah. that out. But in a way, it went uh, quicker than I thought. About the natural thing. I thought mm. it would even take longer. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then, you know, once it's started, then, you know, it's like a fermenting must. Yeah. It's gone quite quite quickly. <laughs> so many good analogies. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, then once, you know, at a different point, then when it's really, really, you know, then it's... I thought it would take longer. Well, let's so hope those, <laughs> those ferments keep boiling away quickly. Yeah. <laughs> So what do you think of this one? I like the purity of it. I like that it's still clean. I think this might be a bit more challenging to some people because it's, it has less of the fruit than the wine before. It's a little caramelly thing going on. Yeah, but I do like that sort of sweet, savoury thing that's going on. It's all about the occasion, what you're drinking it with as well. Sure. This what would you some, drink this with? Some grilled sardines. Mm. Yeah, Yum. good idea. Yeah, yeah. really delicious. I mean, Issa, we were out on the port <laughs> getting the grilled sardines. 
the sun's coming down and someone brings out a cold bottle of this. It's been carafed, just chilling down. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, or maybe with, with fat uh, uh, poisson, with fish as well. Mm. Poisson, yeah, sardines is a good idea. Yeah. Or something with apples, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, some, how do you say, inner rind? I don't know. Like I don't the know. liver. Yeah, I thought oh, awful. Uh, yeah, 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 I think that that things like that yeah. would work. Because there are some interesting to the little bitterness as well and the acidity mm. to cut the mm. liver or something, yeah. Yeah, liver, kidney, something yeah. like this, which I don't like personally. No, me but, neither. Uh, <laughs> I was like, mm, yeah, all right. I always try, but <laughs> I, like I never, oh, I, I always try because I, I want to be me open, too. but actually, I you know, It's really I difficult don't. to pair, though, I think. Yeah, so I don't, I, I can accept it as a starter, but not as a main course. Yeah, I'd be so and, you know, I don't accept this. Take this main course yeah. back. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't like it as a main course. Uh, kidney, for example. No, I'd be with it. Oh. Yeah. Or stomach. Just my, eat too much. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> Just eat oh, too much kidney for us because we're English. It's not my cup of tea either. Yeah. <laughs> stomach is not my cup of tea. No. God, no. In Naples, there's a sandwich you get by the side of the road that's... Oh, sandwich. they do that all that over. Tripe sandwich. Yeah, they do that in Tuscany as well. <laughs> not into it. But um, I think tripe is not the worst. Intestines are the worst. I don't care what they say that it's been cleaned. You still know what that is. <laughs> and what's but let's have, yeah. let's have some andouillette. yet. You know this? <laughs> oh, oh, the smell. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. No. That's just, no, thanks. I reckon with some crazy natty wine, actually. But it's still, probably it's, amazing. it's really... The Vajon, I think. Yeah. Wipe Kalina, it out. Wipe it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you need with it, just a whole bottle of I'm going to sterilise this with Vajon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I don't like drinking Vajon with food, because it kills everything. Oh, I love it. I think normally oh, the natural wine dealers, they like it, so under yet stuff and so, me not. Oh, I'm yeah. not, I just can't. No, I tried, but I really I don't oh, have a full portion. No, <laughs> no. Trietarian. Well, those wines are lovely. Thank yeah, you really. for sharing them with us, and thank you for your time. You're welcome. Well, well. Let's uh, try one red wine from Germany. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, oh, yes. They do. A, it's a very small winery um, near Staufen in Breisgau. Okay. And uh, yeah, this is actually the first real vintage. They had some uh, Baden's Nouveau, which is more like CO two. Fermentation, but this one is uh, the first. Uh, the first wines is vintage 2016. The first real wines. So the one. So they do some Chardonnay, some uh, Spätburgunder. Good. Spätburgunder as well. So this is a basic uh, Spätburgunder, but uh, it's um, I'm quite impressed. And for those of you that have listened since the beginning, we did cover one of their wines, which is the Baden Nouveau that he just read. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so happened. this is the Spätburgunder. And uh, they used to work in Burgundy, and they have. Uh, when I visited them, uh, they're quite cool guys. But I realized as well they are very, very precise. They know really everything what they do, and they, in a way, they, it's quite uh, German as well. But okay. they, you know, it's a new generation. It's quite young and uh, different from what we think a Baden winemaker should look like and should okay. behave. I've been following them on Instagram, actually. Yeah, yeah, cool. For me, it's like this producer is hands down the most exciting producer in Germany at the moment, I think. Because it, maybe I'm just like over-enthusiastic because it's a new discovery, but every single bottle I've had, mm. when we when we just smelt it before I looked at Gwen and I just mm. mouthed mm. the word, fuck, because <laughs> it smells It so smells good. exactly like yeah. what I want to be yeah, doing. It's yeah, it's just, it's mm. like immediately mm. like cherries, yeah. it's bright, 
everything that you love about Pinot Noir, like it immediately like enthralls you and you're just being dragged into the glass. Even you don't want to drink, you smell this wine and you're already drinking it. It's also so nice and light, I could probably polish off that whole bottle by myself. That's so. what I mean. It's like <laughs> it's like you go out and you see someone and <laughs> you start when talking, I, so I'm not gonna when talk they, to them. When they sent me the first price list, I said, gosh, that's really, really, really hard to sell. But it's it's not. And when I taste the wines, I really realize it's really today. yeah, it's really <laughs> fine, elegant, everything. It's not. It's twelve point five. Mm. There's low it's amount of sulfur in all the wines they decided, but they really knows exactly from the beginning what to do and how they like the wines. Yeah. And it's one hundred percent Basen House. Correct me if I'm wrong. Their vineyard holdings are two and a half hectares, mm. three hectares, or something. It's very mm. very small, right? Mm. Mm. Everything is done by hand, and uh, they they talk a lot about the wines. They talk uh, when I visited them, they really were curious what I think about it. But still, they know exactly what direction to lead. But still, they are interested about uh, how it how it's rewarded by the consumer and by the. And in terms people. of um, like just one thing, just to touch on this wine with this particular producer, because I think people who have experience of Spätburgunder. Um, and German red wines, I think the first thing that comes to their mind is, oh my God, high acidity, but oh my God, so much oak. Mm. I know, and I hate talking about oak, but I actually think when it comes to German red wines, it's important to maybe discuss it, that particularly with this wine, it's really beautiful because it's not dominated by oak, that all of the fruit, the florals, the aromatics, everything's singing. Yeah. Um, and there's not this like strong oaky flavour at all. It, I haven't tried the single vineyards, but do you find that uh, what, in the cruise? Or it's really amazing how they succeeded to point out the difference between the different slopes and the different wines. That's really amazing, and it still stays in one line. It's like a, a designer, you know, for close. Yep. You can see, okay, this yeah, is exactly me, yeah. uh, this style. And they really, from the beginning, this is really amazing. They All the wines are on the lighter side, on the more elegant side. They are never harsh. There's a, a big harmony between and after every wine. They pointed out a very good, precise image of every single wine. So you can say, okay, this is a Spätburgunder, this is a Vulkan, this is a Bellum. Yeah. Um, and even they... Uh, if you have the Vulkan Spätburgunder, you really have this hotness. It's, it's fiery. It's very, uh, you know, it's big and light and, and all this at the same time. This is really outstanding. Thank you so much for sharing three lovely bottles of wine. Yeah, delicious. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Holger. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you.